you considered the messages your outfits send? What do you think your clothes say about you? See, style is about the clothes, but it's not really about the clothes. Every day you make choices about what you're going to wear, but what are you communicating? Welcome to Above and Beyond Style. I'm your host, Maria DiLorenzo, and in 2019, I founded MFD Style, where I provide a unique, intuitive approach to personal styling for those ready to embrace a more meaningful look. With this podcast, I'll uncover key elements of where spirituality, psychology, and style intersect, revealing how you can make intentional wardrobe choices that reflect who you really are. So let me ask you, are you ready to transform into your authentic self? Then it's time. Come with me on this journey and together we'll take your style above and beyond style. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to Above and Beyond Style. I can't even believe it, but this is season four and this particular season feels special. I guess every season feels special in some way, but this one feels really special because it's going to be a little bit different than perhaps some of the previous seasons have been. Yes, you've heard great deep conversations around style. You've heard conversation partners around style. And always it's this intersection between style, psychology, and spirituality and how they really are these like three pillars in my life. And I am always fascinated at the ways that they show up, that the ways they can be integrated into my life, into the conversations that I'm having, which is why this season felt important to share with you, because I wanted an opportunity to talk about a really important theme and a theme that I think a lot of people just as human beings can understand, but this theme about change and about being in the thick of change and As a stylist who has worked with hundreds of people now over the course of several years, a lot of folks come to me because they're in this space of needing and wanting change. They're looking for something that's going to give them perhaps a stepping stone into this new person or maybe even the most authentic person that they were always supposed to be, but they just didn't know how to get there. And so the change element is integral to every conversation I've ever had with anyone about style. And it's not necessarily about changing who you are. It's about changing aspects of your style or your personality or things that are of your life to really reflect that authenticity of you. And I've always loved that part about my work, that I can be part of conversations around change with people and be perhaps a partner and helping them achieve that sense of change. And now if you've been following me for any period of time, you know that I have very consciously been making some very big decisions around change, changing my life. In fact, I talk about blowing up my life and coming to this place where I felt the urge and the need to do something different with where I am in my life. And not about necessarily always around career, but about my lifestyle, about how I'm engaging with the world and about the ways that I engage with communities. And so when I was thinking about this season four, I really wanted to pay attention to this theme of change. And the thing that's coming up time and time again, and you're gonna hear over the course of this entire season, 
is this metaphor around riding the waves of change. And as an Aquarian, any Aquarians out there, because I know you're out there and you love being an Aquarian because that's who we are. But the Aquarian is the water bearer, of course, but it's an air sign, interestingly enough, not a water sign, but the air sign and the water are like partners. They're, they go hand in hand. And I think for me, as I've thought about being in this Aquarian body and this life that I'm leading, that having this connection with water has been something that's been really predominant over the course of my life. And interestingly enough, over the last 18 months where I've made probably the biggest changes in my life, and we'll get to that, this theme of riding the waves of change keeps coming up in all sorts of unique and kind of quirky, weird ways. And it got to the point for me where I had to start to pay attention to that. And that's why this season is happening. And that's why I've also brought in my best conversation partner around this. And I want you to really get to know this woman in a way that I've gotten to know her and explore this relationship that we've just really started to unpack over the last several months around the relationship between style, change, our bodies, because inevitably that's going to be part of the conversation, the language of the body, and of course, spirituality, and how this element of the divine is sort of always weaving in and out of these conversations. And sometimes we need that other person to reflect back to us some of the things that we might not always see or hear. And I think that's what's been really cool. And I am, am just eager for you to get to know Dr. Melissa Carrick. And I call her affectionately Missy. That's her, I would say, like casual nickname. So we'll talk to Missy throughout this season. And we're going to get to know a little bit more about her today. And so, Missy, I want to bring you into the conversation and say, welcome to Above and Beyond Style. Maria, thank you so, so, so much. Thank you for your generosity of words in terms of the work that we've been doing, but also about what you do for all of your listeners and what you do professionally and tying it together. I find that that's one of your particular gifts is grabbing those threads and really weaving this fabric that is just like palpable. Um, and I have no doubt just from knowing some of your other clients or reading what they write about you, that the experience I had working with you is very similar in terms of those things and having a fuller expression of self through mm -hmm. the work that we've done with you. Oh, such a gift. And I, you know, she, Missy's already giving you a little insight that yes, we've worked together as a style mm -hmm. stylist and a client, and we're going to get to all that. And I want to give this opportunity for you, Missy, as a chiropractor, an educator, someone that I really see who is like committing her life to helping and educating others. And we're going to get to this theme about some of your lifestyle and activity choices, um, particularly around surfing. And this, my friends, is one of the really cool ways that Missy and I have started this conversation around the waves of change. So Missy, I would love you to tell our listeners today just a little bit about you, who you are, where you're about, what's going on in your life, and we'll start to dig in from there. For sure. For sure. So I am traditionally trained as a chiropractor. I also studied Chinese medicine and acupuncture, and I actually come from a chiropractic family. So the knowledge and understanding that the body has a wisdom to it 
is it's literally like in my blood or in my genes. It's in my upbringing. It's part of my own story. Um, interestingly enough, the intersection of spirituality is actually part of the history of chiropractic in that the body has its own innate intelligence. That's part of the universal intelligence that is, that animates everything in the world. Um, so looking at that, it's interesting, my own background with spirituality as well. I went to originally started in divinity school. And when I was about halfway through, I realized, wait a second, we nurture what nurtures us. And I was spending, actually, I wound up spending what I had dubbed get a job Friday at my chiropractor's office. Um, but looking at the beautiful people around me and seeing the great work that they were doing with the spirit, but they were neglecting the body. And it sort of, it literally like hit me almost in a very clear, articulate voice of like, oh, wait a second, you can't separate the body and the spirit. And so I literally changed programs and graduated with a master's in theological studies, finished my thesis early and just kind of took a U-turn and then went on to become a scientist and actually study the body because I'd studied literature in undergrad and then, um, then master's in theology and then went on to chiropractic school. So I love what I do and some of the techniques I do in my clinic actually bring that mind and body element together and looking at the whole person. And Maria, just in terms of what you, what you do with people, that transformation, or I like to use the word evolution because we're constantly um, in the ideal way, we're trying to evolve into our most full self. The word authentic has such a buzz now. So whether it's full self, authentic, but that expression um, of self and so so that's really what I do in my practice through some of the techniques that I do. Um, I actually, and you alluded to this, um, I am a almost lifelong surfer. So I, uh, my, my parents actually were surfers and I can literally remember where I was. You know, we all have these crystallized moments. Uh, sometimes where we have this memory, you can remember exactly where you were, what the smell was, what it was like. And I was in a surf shop and I was actually in Ocean City, New Jersey, a surf shop my dad had hung out with in all the time called Surfer Supplies. And I remember smelling the surf wax and the resin and hearing the creak of the hardwood floors and smelling like the wetsuit material, the neoprene. And being like, oh, I love this. And I was probably about five. And then we had walked up to the boardwalk and I remember seeing surfers shoot the pier, which is basically surf like kind of under the pier and through the pier. And I remember looking at it and thinking, I want to do that. I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to do that. So here I am, we could say decades later, um, my husband and I are both surfers. We actually met surfing and it has become one of the greatest metaphors in my life. It's how I see the world, just like I see the world through the physiology of the body, but surfing it lends itself and water waves lend itself I think even more to the metaphor of our evolution of change of spiritual growth, especially. Can you see everybody why I have invited this conversation <laughs> partner? Cause it's like, could you be any more perfect for this? Because for me, who is landlocked Texan, I grew up in, you know, this place where surfing was not real. I mean, we water skied, right? So, I mean, I guess that's kind of an element on the lakes, you know, et cetera. I was so foreign to the whole kind of culture and lifestyle around surfing. And I'm telling you this, uh, you know, I think we talked early on, Missy, about 
I had these themes around the waves of change kind of coming into my life and it would show up in them like randomest places. Like I would get an email and someone would use that phrase, or I would be in a gift shop and there would be like a picture of a big wave that I, that would catch my eye or like, there were so many examples of the ways that waves were just kind of in my consciousness that I couldn't ignore it anymore. And I started to really think about this concept of like, I love the ocean. I'm somebody who, even though I'm fair skinned and I get burned in a hot, hot second, um, I really enjoy the concept of being near the ocean because for anybody that has spent time there, you know, there's like a hypnotic sort of element to it. Like it kind of lures you in and there's a rhythm and a pacing to it because of the way the waves and the tides come in, right? And there's something that can really capture our attention and really kind of hone in on like, what is this? What's happening? What's this about? And this theme of waves was so big for me that when I started to talk to you in particular about surfing, I was like, wait a second, wait a second. There's like a whole lifestyle here that not only did I not have knowledge of, but the ways that it intersected with spirituality that I thought was like, oh my gosh. And this is why I wanted you to be part of this conversation because we're going to talk about style. We're going to have the conversations around clothing and image and the ways that our bodies are reflective of the changes that we're going through. But on that deeper level, which if you've been around above and beyond style for any minute, you know, I want to go to the deeper level and I want to understand then how does this sort of surfing culture lifestyle metaphor, how can it inform some of the big changes that we're all making in our lives in different ways? So when you, when I approached you with this, I'm curious, Missy, when I approached you with this, like, Hey, would you join me on the podcast for this conversation? I'd love to know what were you thinking? What struck you about this intersection? Well, first of all, full body, yes. Like, yes, that'd be great. I would love to do that, um, especially because I find we're natural conversation partners and we're at a similar intersection of our life in terms of consciously choosing to embrace the uncertainty and the change. And that is, that is, that's, that's what the ocean is. It's this constant. I mean, there's all sorts of models that predicts the waves and uh, looks, but there's all, all these factors that are involved. Um, so it was, we're both at that similar intersection. So I was definitely, yeah, this could be really interesting. Um, and the chance to talk about one of my favorite topics in terms of surfing in the ocean. And we've talked about our bodies. So it just seemed naturally right. The other piece of that is my growing interest in style that has been there for a while and is sort of this outlier in terms of my my own personality and it's really I've been able to embrace it so it just sounded so exciting and fun that that was I so appreciate that feedback because the energy around this I think I'm hoping you can hear this just in our voices that we felt really passionately about digging into some of these topics. And one of the cool things about, I think, our connection and our relationship was that we came at it with a lot of different conceptual 
um, strategies, ideas, concepts that were out there that inform some of the ways that we have been living our lives, some of the ways that I'm quite certain that you are educating your clients and supporting your clients. And so some of those themes I want to just highlight, we're not going to dig too deep into these themes, but I want you to know we're going to talk about some of this stuff throughout these season, this season, and I want you to get familiar with it from our perspective. For one, for me, I we, I already talked about being an Aquarian. Astrology for me has been a really interesting place to understand uh, my humanity and to really understand sort of some of the things and the ways that I operate and some of the things I'm inclined to do. And it really can sort of lead into other aspects around personality tests and characteristics that I'm sure many of you have heard of. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about astrology. I'll talk a little bit more about um, if any of you are familiar with Gallup and Strength Finder. It's a tool that um, is used a lot, I think, in education predominantly, which is my background in particular. And it gives us a language around strengths and talents and sort of how we operate. And, and Missy and I started to kind of overlap then when we started to talk about some of the other kind of structures or strategies that are out there. Uh, we're going to talk about the Enneagram, which I don't know how many of you know about the Enneagram. I won't dig into deeply into that yet, but it's another one of those kind of characteristic conceptual things that teach us more about our behaviors and our preferences and how we operate in the world. And then a concept that I'm less familiar with, but definitely more in Missy's wheelhouse is around human design. And this is a concept and a, a something that I've really just started to dapple in and I'm learning, I'm going to learn alongside you as Missy and I use some of these topics and we're going to use all of these different frameworks to talk about this theme around waves of change and the ways that it informs us. And so Missy, when you hear about these concepts, I'm curious, sort of your reactions are the things that you're really excited to kind of dig into and deepen with our listeners. Yeah. I mean, it's all so interesting because really it's about that human transformation and the human evolution. And so there's so many tools to use. And in my own life, the Enneagram or the Enneagram, however, people say it different ways, right? Um, but the Enneagram has been such a huge tool in my own self-understanding and self-compassion, as well as in my marriage, as well as with my patients. So I often have patients use that tool. So that's a super exciting tool for me. And especially because it reflects who we become or who we, how we show up when we're under stress or disintegrated and who we evolve to when we're most integrated or least stressed or most, we could say evolved um, per person. So that's a great tool. Human design is a newer tool for uh, my husband and I, and it's actually transformed a lot of elements in our relationship and really birthed this, um, what I'm doing right now. I actually am on sabbatical right now and from my practice. And that's unconventional in my field. I don't know anyone else who has done it. As I started talking to a few mentors, I found one or two people, but it was after the fact where I went, uh, okay, this is really the heart's desire and the invitation right now is to take this time out. And that was definitely informed by my exposure and delving into human design. So super excited about that. And of course, the, the metaphors of, of surfing and how they intersect and also sharing uh, physiology in the body, really educating about that. 
and so that that's the perfect way that we we just wanted to give you these frameworks that we're going to kind of come back to and talk about and um, if you don't have extensive knowledge on any of those trust me we don't either like we have our own operative pieces of this we're not gurus in these areas but we have our our ways that we're utilizing them and that I think will be helpful additions to the conversation as we're starting to dig in. Um, so I wanted to kind of offer that to you if there is of interest that maybe it's worth a Google to just, you know, take a, take a tap in and, and learn a little bit more about any of these frameworks that we might be using and referencing. Um, and if there are references that we can offer and support and share along the way, we certainly will so that that can help kind of round out the conversation. You know, so Missy, you talked about making some big changes, right? Being in this sabbatical, this is kind of unprecedented for anybody in your field. And I have not been shy about the fact that I've been making some pretty big changes in my own life. Um, if you're new to the podcast or you're new to me, um, I'm going to give you a quick, quick synopsis of what's been happening in my world over the last, I would say about 18 months, almost two years. But I went from a very traditional uh, career in higher education. I went into corporate for a very brief stint for about three years and then decided I wanted to go full-time with my styling business in uh, the kind of the late portion of 2021. And as a personal stylist and a wardrobe consultant, starting my own business, being an entrepreneur, being a small business owner was not in my wheelhouse. This was something that I didn't go to business school. I had no concepts of what it was like to kind of run your own business. Um, in many ways, I'm going to look to Missy to share some of her story about she's been in private practice for a long time now and has been an entrepreneur and a self-employed person for a, a while. And I'm going to learn a few tricks in, of the trade, I'm sure, through our conversations. But it wasn't even just the shift into full-time employment as a stylist, while a very big shift, don't let me minimize that on any level, but I got to a very clear junction in my life where I felt the urge that my life was no longer feeling full. My word is vibrant. It was no longer feeling vibrant to me. And I had a little bit of a panic in my belly about that. I'm not going to lie to you because when I came to that realization it sort of meant like, well, then what am I supposed to do with that? Because having this realization often means then I was going to have to make some pretty big shifts that I don't know about you, but most people don't jump into change like guns blazing. Let's go. This is going to be great. I can't wait to have my whole life be completely different. Sure, maybe there's elements of that, but for me, when I recognized this vibrancy was not a part of my life. And I truly mean that my soul was craving a vibrancy and I had to figure out a way to get closer to that lifestyle, that community, that vibrancy that I knew had to be out there somewhere, but I would be on a bit of an adventure to find it, to let it surface in my life. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm in the thick and I'm in the middle of figuring out how and where I'm supposed to live, what my lifestyle could look like, how I want my community to support me, and how that goes alongside my business. And so, as you can imagine, this concept of like the wave of change, well, I mean, the waves were big and 
very difficult from that initial stage when I was making this choice about, I sold my condo. I put 95% of my stuff in storage. I'm living on an interim basis with a good friend still in the Boston area, but I'm using a whole host of different opportunities to explore different places to live. In fact, you're finding me right now as we're recording this in San Diego, California, which I got to tell you, this would be the last damn place on earth that I thought I was headed but here I am in the thick of like on the West coast and I'm spending some extended time. So Missy, I think it would be really helpful for our listeners to hear a little bit and whatever amount you're comfortable sharing about your own transition and your own change that you're in the thick of, because it's more than just going on sabbatical. It certainly is. Uh, it certainly is. And, you know, Maria, hearing you, hearing you talk and you describing it as like knowing that you had to embark on this in- adventure. And I really applaud you for naming it as an adventure. And I don't know in what part of your process you came to that, but it has taken me a while to embrace it as an in- adventure. I will say I had a similar, um, you said you had a panic in your belly and I actually um, was having some similar bodily sensations. And mine was in something that is slightly embarrassing, but um, I'll share it. It's that I was actually like sweating and I was sweating when I was doing my job. And we're not talking like female type hot flashes. We're talking whenever something was like sensitive or something was stressful, even a little bit, I would just full body sweat. And I work with the body on a day in day out basis. And I knew cognitively what was going on, but I just didn't want to pay attention to it. Um, Maybe because behind it was some sort of terror that I have in many ways or have had a really beautiful life. I've been in practice for 15 years, solo practice. My practice is 100% cash. So in my field, that is very desirable in the sense of um, I'm pretty independent. And it means that my clients and my patients are highly motivated if they're paying out of pocket for what we do. So um, I've always had, I've had a waiting list practice for, oh my gosh, several years. So I have this, this beautiful life. I have weekends or long weekends at the beach. You know, I spent 60 days at the beach every summer and I'm still in full-time practice. So it's dreamy in a lot of ways. And there was this, um, this, I guess you could say feeling in my belly or this sort of like underlying nervousness that I wouldn't describe myself as a nervous person, but identifying what that was. And we had a lot of life things going on in terms of choosing like, okay, do we have a family? Okay. That's not working out the way that we had planned. Um, Even engaging in an adoption process um, about, it's funny, your timeframe, Maria, I didn't realize this, but you said 18 months and 18 months ago, my mom had a massive stroke and she went from being a golfer and pretty active and very, very sharp, um, managing a business. Actually, she had just sold, she managed my dad's practice, but she also had a business and she had just sold her business within a year of the stroke. Um, And they were actually in Florida when the stroke happened for my dad's cancer treatment. And it was interesting. Uh, They don't live in Florida. They were down there for specialized treatment and that was going well, but there was this growing feeling inside of me of, wait a second, like, okay, they waited to retire or semi-retire and then they had all these plans and they had lived a really good life and a full life and they traveled and did a lot. 
but definitely my mom's stroke when that happened, it gave me pause to think about like, whoa, am I really living the life that I want to live right now? On paper, it checks the boxes and I've never done things logically on paper. Like I've not made my life choices in that way, uh, but looking at it, okay, I have all these great things and dot, dot, dot. There's still like the vibrancy or the something is just not right. And I'm growing into learning that some of it was pace, some of it was lifestyle that no longer matched up to the values that I maybe were always there for me, but that had become more crystallized through just living and being now in my 40s and going, oh, okay, what do I want my life to be about? So definitely my mom's health crisis um, gave, gave an added incentive and, and knowing we had a couple of other life things going on. And it was interesting to notice when those stack on top of each other, that we often need a pause and physiologically we need that pause. And most people have heard of fight or flight or fight or flight, or you're in rest and digest or rest and restore. And I was noticing that I talk with patients all day long, every day about that. I educate about that. And a lot of my patients make those shifts and I've tried to live my own life that way, but I was realizing that with everything that was going on and the sweats that were happening and the disrupted sleep going, oh, wait a second. The invitation here is to take a bigger pause and to take that time to reset in terms of sabbatical. And I like to think, think about sabbatical coming from Sabbath, right? That it's every seven years or every seven days. And then I started looking around and looking at academic, the academic world, looking at a lot of times um, the priesthood or ordered priests, that there's sabbaticals in that area as a time of refreshment, restoring, and to take stock of what's really happening. Uh, it's interesting though, to notice that process has been way different than I envisioned on paper, how it's unfolded and unraveled. So I'm happy at some point to talk more about that or whenever you feel appropriate. Thank you for that. I, I am so honored to hear those parts of your story and for you to share those parts of the story, because I think it's important that our listeners know that we're coming into this with a certain level of awareness and um, consciousness around the privilege of doing what we're doing. And I want to really, I want to name this early in our conversations because I, I do recognize that on an, from an outsider's perspective, now I am single, I do not have children, my family is at a distance, so I'm, you know, responsible in and of myself. And so because of that, that allows me to make some choices and decisions with very little impact to other people and their lifestyle and choices. And that is a bit of a luxury to do. I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about that from your perspective as well. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for adding that. I know that's something that we've talked about ahead of time too, of it's, it's in many ways, it is a luxury to be able to do what we're doing and reset life. It's a lot harder when you have children and when you have your life that is set up and you've got bills to pay, mouths to feed, um, and knowing that we all have different invitations. So looking at it as, okay, I have 
I'm married and I have a husband who is actually part of my business and he has, um, or our business, and he has his own smaller business, um, but that we can do other things. Being self-employed, I don't have to apply for a leave of absence. Now, there is the flip side for both of that. The good news is I'm self-employed. The bad news is I'm self-employed. So this time I am going without an income but I'm not uprooting my family. I'm not you know, going, okay, wait, I have to make sure that how are we gonna do this? I don't know. Um, but I'd like to think that in our conversation and sharing this, that there's nuggets, and I did say nugget, um, but that there's nuggets or there's some identifying rather than comparing like, oh, that's frivolous. There's some identifying of how can we each hit pause in a smaller area of our life? How can we choose to just step back and take that moment of refreshment or to continue the reflection in our life of, are we living the way that we're living and where is it that I can reset? You know, my very good friend, Lisa, who you have met and um, maybe she'll be on a conversation with us at some point, who knows? Mm -hmm. But Lisa was one of the first people to help me sort of reframe this privilege that I was feeling maybe a little guilty about in some ways. Cause I'm like, I get it. Not everybody can sell their house. And I made a good profit on my house so that it's allowing me to live comfortably with the income that I'm making from my style business. But to your point that I work for myself, so I am able to do my work wherever I am. I am able to have virtual connections with my clients in spite of not being in the Boston area where I have my predominant number of clients. And so there's a, there's an amount of access and privilege that I have that not everybody has. And I think in some ways I was feeling anxious about how, how do I have conversations about these things without feeling as if I'm different, I'm alienating myself. I'm removing myself in a way that like, I don't know that people can resonate with this choice, this lifestyle, this approach, because not everybody really gets to do this. So are people going to feel connected to my story? Are they going to be interested in this story? And Lisa was one of the first people that helped me see the importance of what you just said, Missy, about everyone can connect with the desire for that like inkling in our soul about something. Everyone can resonate with wanting change, however big or small, everyone can relate to having to make choices around what is right for them, their family, their lifestyle, right? Everyone can interpret that in some way, shape, or form. So the goal or the real opportunity, I think for us, maybe in this podcast and me just in general, as I talk about my life choices, is about connecting with people around that space instead of separating myself and saying, yeah, I know I get it. I, not everybody can do what I'm doing in the way that I'm doing it. So, but everyone has an invitation to try to go into something that is unknown, unsettling, new, talk about this ad nauseum with my style clients. Like I get it. You've not done this before. You've not looked at yourself this way. You've not experimented with clothes or your style or your feeling, your body. All of this is new. So we all have these invitations. And you and I just happen to be kind of in the thick 
of accepting our invitations. And I think that's what it's going to be really rich for our conversation to share some of these lessons along the way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for encapsulating that and really restating it. And I would, I would just add, um, it is the invitation and what's interesting, both you and I share something that I think is actually a common human phenomenon. And that is, okay, we're doing this thing and it's a little bit unconventional and looking at, well, is this going to separate me from other people? How am I going to do that? And I think every human, and I would even say, especially women, we all have moments where we're going, uh, this is the unconventional thing to do, but it feels right. And the encouragement, I guess, from like, from our own experience of for me and for you, we both got curious about what was that feeling inside? Like we got curious, whoa, what is that saying? What is that? And then we listened and had the invitation and in different ways, I think we both struggled or had to reconcile would be a better way of putting it, reconcile um, our choice that we're making without justifying it. And I think that that, if anything, is evolving into like a grown ass woman. <laughs> who was like, okay, I'm making this choice. And maybe it doesn't make sense to other people. And like, where's your choice? But more like, and I'm still doing it anyway. For me, the justification, this is great. My dad, um, well, my dad and I are very close. And when I talked to him about sabbatical and he was a chiropractor, is a chiropractor. And he had a more traditional practice. Well, non-traditional, but he was, you know, brick and mortar, um, same practice, same location for 40 some years and different generation, but served like multiple generations of families. So when I told him that I was, you know, really, okay, I'm going to do it, dad. I'm thinking about a sabbatical. He came back to me the next conversation and he said, you know, I've always trusted you to make really good choices and you got a good head on your shoulder. And you always, you always do make really great choices. So, you know, I think this sabbatical thing is a really good idea. I think it's the right thing for you. I mean, it's the craziest idea I've ever heard, but <laughs> And it was, I mean, if anything, that was like him giving me the thumbs up and not that I needed that, but I did notice my own tendency to want to justify my choice that this is not just me having fun and going on, you know, a 12 week surf trip or however long it is like, you know, I'm not just going, cool, see you later. Um, it's building the time in. It's actually, okay, how can I nurture and care for myself and that it is not glamorous a lot of the time. I mean, it is not glamorous at all when you're going, wait a second, I'm used to being in one location from 8.30 to 6.30 at night. I'm used to having a purpose outside of myself that I can go and distract myself from my thoughts by being of service to other people. So in some ways it seems very glamorous and in some ways it is a luxury and it is like rolling up the sleeve sometimes. And I, I describe it though, um, this phrase came to mind. Um, I've been describing it as a soul imperative that literally it was something that my soul was like, no, you, you have to do this. And it got louder and louder. And I think that there comes a moment just in working with people. I've observed this where we do have these soul imperatives and it is imperative to follow that. Oh, I, I just love everything you just said, because there's so much truth to the judgment 
and the resistance within ourselves about the choices we're making and wanting, I mean, I think this is a human thing, like wanting to belong and to be accepted and to have other people validate that like, good for you, you're making good choices, right? And recognizing that so much of this journey and maybe those of you listening in, you can resonate with this, but like sometimes other people aren't gonna get it. And I've had to come to this clarity about, I heard this from, I can't remember where it was from. It was from either a podcast or a book I read or something about having linear expectations for non-linear lives. I'm gonna say that again, like Brene Brown. Linear expectations for non-linear lives. And to me, it was like, ding, 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 ding. These linear expectations that, again, there's no like right or wrong around the linear expectation. Uh, That wasn't the judgment. It was that I'm living this non-linear life and I'm somehow using these linear expectations to decide if it's like going right or wrong or if I'm in the right direction. And I'm like, wait a second here. And so I so resonate with you about that. Like, I'm a grown up. I can, I can like make these choices for myself. And I don't even know that they're always the right ones. It's about this evolutionary process. I love that you use that word early on that my soul is evolving through this, this human experience that we're on. And there are going to be things that are going to be just for me and just for you based on what our souls need out of this human experience. And so when I talk to my style clients, there's a lot of this kind of conversation too about This is not about getting you to dress like me. (laughs) This is about us learning your language of style, your expression of style, your belief system around style, and interpreting it in a way that feels like you, so that you get to go live this life that is like you. Like there's only one of you on this planet. So, like, go be you. And if I can help you craft that, move it around, tweak it, do whatever is needed to help you get super clear about what the you is, that my friend is like, I think that's what I've been put on the planet for at this moment. And in other ways that I can be of service to other people, I've noticed that I also deserve to do that for myself, not just about my style, because I'm constantly in touch with my style, my style descriptors, like the things that are of me, but it's, it's gotten bigger. And I think that's why this season feels like the umbrella just got real big about how we're going to talk about style, psychology, spirituality, neurophysiology. We're going to really dig into the body, the language of the body, surfing. Like I just, I feel if this feels like a real random assortment, a motley crew of topics, then I want you to hear. And I hopefully you will come to see and know that Missy and I, I feel like there's so many connections here that are bringing us back to this trust that We're doing some extraordinary things. Not everybody does what we do. We each have our own lane for how we're kind of living out our life. But our hope is that in sharing some of these stories and really helping you learn alongside us, because I don't know, I think that's an important part of what I think we're being called to do is to share 
and to perhaps educate and to give some life to these themes and lessons that that are really, really showing up in each of our lives. I don't know, I'm going to get off my TED Talk box now. <laughs> give you a minute, Messina, to respond to all that. Oh, so much, Maria, so much. Um, I love it. And, and that's it. I mean, really the takeaway of what I want to say is like, what is our life for, but if not for the other, and that is how I learn. I think one of the most powerful things that we have to share is our story because in the other, we see ourselves reflected. And in the other, um, one of my mentors and coaches always says like, identify, don't compare. And being someone who suffers from what I call comparerism, right? Where I'm like holding myself hostage, comparing myself to other people. It's growing into that, like, oh, I'm, this is like what I do. This is how I do it. But if I can share that, and if it can be helpful for another person who's looking to make a leap or another person who is like working out something unconventional or trying to listen to the soul imperative, but it's sharing that story. And and that is always what I want from other people. I mean, one of my favorite activities is sitting around like the family and as the Hawaiians say, talking story, right? It's like talking story and you're telling stories. And from that, like learning about what's the different options or different ways of doing it. And I, I think this translates sometimes to, I often wish that I had a catalog for living that I could actually like, open a catalog and be like, oh yeah, I, I want to do that and that. And I want to page through and just like flip through it and go, okay, how can I curate and not curate in the restricted sense, but more curate, like choose the experiences and choose how I want to live. So it's in hearing other people and getting that reflection that I, that I learn. And I'm hoping that if my own experience can be helpful for other people, then great. That's, that's awesome. It gives it another purpose that is a purpose beyond myself and finding really what's what's this next thing for me you know my friend Lindsay calls it she's like you're doing build-a-bear for your life oh yes <laughs> you're picking right like I yep. want this hat and this outfit and you know what I don't even know I've never done build-a-bear so I'm really not equipped to really go through that metaphor <laughs> but the idea of like picking and choosing and really honing into these characteristics of your life and your choices to build this life that feels more like you. And yes, to me, I think it's going to be an evolutionary process because it's going to change. It's going to evolve as we evolve. It's going to look different as we age, as different uh, other competing variables come into the picture, like taking care of parents, um, tending to partners, children, our friendships. Like there's so many aspects of the human experience that call for our attention and are in demand appropriately that attention that I hope in the journey of this podcast, we're going to help you see these waves and we're going to really dig into this metaphor. So know that we're going to come back to this, but these waves can really give us so much learning and so much to hold to and to really be that guidepost in so many ways for how how to do this because there isn't a catalog out there we can't go to page eight and be like yes i'd like a eight one and eight two you know like there's not that's just not how it works and 
maybe in some way this podcast will give you some guidance and support and encouragement and inspiration because we're not the all-knowing experts here, but we've got our own expertises. We've got our life that we can share and offer to you and also give you perhaps the framework to look at your life a little differently. So friends, this is just the beginning. Missy, I'm so grateful you're on this journey with me and with all of us, because I think it's going to be wildly fun. And I encourage you to take a look at show notes, because we're going to talk a little bit about some of the themes that we talked here. So if you need to kind of remind yourself and go back through what we've done, we'll do that. Um, Certainly share both of our contact information and all the ways that you could be in communication with us, because we'd love to hear and know more about what sort of things has this sparked for you? And that might inform some of our conversations going forward as well. But Missy, thank you for today's episode. Thank you. Such a joy to be with you. I am eager and ready to uh, see where this takes us. So friends, until next time, we'll be back soon, but thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, until next time. so much for listening today. If you enjoyed what you've heard, I would appreciate you taking the time to leave a review on the podcasting platform you're using and share this episode with others who you think might really enjoy these conversations about personal style. For more information all about MFD style services, you can find me on the web at mfdstyle.com on Instagram at MFD underscore style, where I post almost five days a week, or send me an email at Maria at MFDstyle.com. I also have a weekly email I send to subscribers, so I will include the link to that sign up in the show notes. So until next time, friends, remember to love yourself and then love yourself some more.